toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you so much again for tuning in this week. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Kitsia Kokopelmana. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes and Spotify, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. And you can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes number 73, 78, and 90. And I've personally been receiving the Scalar Light daily and I've really noticed the shifts in my own energy, including deeper sleep with chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. It's also a beautiful gift I've been able to provide for my family. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And breathe out that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Kitsia Kokopelmana. She is an earth steward and walker of the path of sacred plants, the co-founder of the botanical reserve Buena Fortuna Gardens. 
She was introduced to sacred plant medicine at the circle of the 13 indigenous grandmothers in Oaxaca in 2006. And she has immersed herself on the path of natural well-being through food and plant medicine, with emphasis on working with ayahuasca and San Pedro. She is devoted to preserving botanical diversity and serving the divine mother earth and great father spirit manifested in all things. Thank you so much for being with us today, Kitsia. Thank you for inviting me. This is wonderful. Please tell us about your, your journey, your spiritual journey, and what has led you down this path. When you ask about spiritual journey, the first thing that comes to mind is when we are born. I feel that we come to a spiritual journey. In terms of uh, awareness towards this spiritual journey, it comes later when we become an adult. In my case, this is the way I perceive it. Even though when we're a child, we live fully in the spiritual world, just in a different perspective. For me, I feel that one of the most powerful times for my spiritual journey was meeting the grandmothers. I feel that being exposed to all their teachings and their medicine truly impacted my life. And it led me to the path where I am right now, which is my own personal path towards self-mastery. Because they become an example for me. They become an inspiration for me. And this has helped me to continue my personal evolution in a way that I'm truly discovering my authentic self by having been exposed to these powerful women. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it it sounds like just having and being surrounded by the different women, the grandmothers help to open up a part of you and maybe seed your, your own soul in a way. And I know that you wrote in your, your mission statement that, or your mission here is to seed and blossom soul and soil. And I'm wondering how that has manifested for you. And if you can just talk a little bit about that mission. Yes, I feel that uh, at the age of 29, which was my Saturn return, was a key moment when I wake up also to my connection to Mother Earth. Uh, in that moment, I was uh, living uh, a life in the city with working in the bank and just volunteering some of my time to, to help on an on a orphanage house. Then I had an awakening and through this awakening, I start realizing that the best way I can truly help people was planting seeds. And when I started doing more research, I realized that there wasn't too much uh, organic seeds available here in Mexico. So I went into the path of learning permaculture, um, getting a piece of land with a group of partners, and started a botanical garden. And through my connection with the land, also was able to deepen my relationship with spirit. Even though for many years I have studied spiritual teachings, I feel that uh, without the connection with the earth, I was more like in the mind. But in the moment that I was able to actually put my hands in the soil 
and realize all the life forms and connect to to nature that way it really brought me to to a whole nother depth of connection of earth and spirit which then allowed my my soul to discover new aspects of myself I have to say too, from being able to experience Buena Fortuna, I've been down there twice so far and it's been just absolutely magical. And so being able to experience the jungle life and just being immersed in those trees, there, there's a shift in vibration that happens and you can feel it. And so I'm wondering if you can just maybe share some of those benefits, because, you know, we talk a lot about getting out in nature and putting our feet on the ground and in our you know, Western culture, we, you know, there's a lot of, we're surrounded by cement and, you know, pavement and, you know, there's, it's a process to get out in nature. And so, but the importance of that is so profound. And so I'm just wondering if you can talk about maybe a little bit more about the, the shifts that you've had in your own life and what you've experienced, just being immersed in that space that you're in. Uh, One of the biggest things is vitality. I feel that my vitality increased, you know, like um, to be able to to rest well and to wake up, to breathe clean air. It makes a whole nother experience, you know, to be possible. Um, Yes, going out to a park is super important. And one of the exercises that I do is I open my hands and, and towards the trees or even towards the soil, towards the sky. And with this type of meditation, even though I'm not stopping everything to do this meditation, I do it as I'm walking, as I'm doing things, I'm just connecting to nature. And this also charges me with vitality. So yeah, that was one of the biggest shifts. Like physically, I notice, you know, me working in the bank, living in the city, being stressed, you know, eating a normal diet, you know, full of calories and things. I was actually having some wrinkles and I was only 29, you know, and now, you know, this is, I'm talking, I'm over 50 right now. I have no single wrinkle. And I think it has to do with nature, you know, with being able to connect truly with the natural world. You know, of course, eating healthy, of course, exercising, but mostly this connection with nature. And this is the, the, the major change I saw in my life. Vitality, longevity, good health, yes. Mm, I love hearing the transformation of yourself from being in the city and then coming to what looks like an amazing, I can see the the background, um, what looks like an amazing uh, garden, Buena Fortuna, I hope to visit someday. I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures on the internet. So I would definitely encourage our listeners. Um, that is an incentive right there <laughs> to, to come and visit. Um, but describe for us what your botanical reserve is like. Like if you were to describe it to someone who's never been to the jungle, like what what would you say? What what does it feel like and what is the experience there? We have uh, 11 acres with over 3,000 plant, 
species that we had uh, been collecting over the last 20 years from different parts of the world. Uh, what it's like, I wake up this morning and it was early four o'clock or so. And the first thing is I'm gonna come to make my tea and the smell of jasmine, this is like my good morning, you know? And I feel that even if you are in the city, like even a small garden or having a few pots of with plants will help you create at least a portion of this experience. I think uh, having fragrance, having textures, having color is very important. And this is my experience is like that. And I know I kind of got to the wild side because I'm like, sometimes I put my bed outside. I sleep completely under the stars. I love to walk barefoot. I go out for breakfast to my fruit trees. I, I kind of went all the way to, to completely living in nature, immersing myself, feeling myself as a part of this garden. But I can see the value too of living in the city, connecting with our families and just having that kind of life too. But connecting, like going to the parks or having a small garden is important. So I understand that living this well is not for everyone because it also has challenges. I mean, you have to make peace with the fact that you're going to find a snake. You know, it's like one day I was like sitting down doing my meditation, my first year on the property. And I put my sarang next to me and I'm doing my meditation. When I stand up, I pick up my sarang. There was a rattlesnake. Mm. And so, so I was like, okay. And then I just walk slowly. I mean, I survived here over 20 years. Nothing has really been like harming, you know, like maybe a bee sting or something like that, but nothing like too heavy. But it has to do with also understanding that this is other life forms and being okay with it. I mean, being in peace with the fact that, you know, you can be in your bedroom and there is a spider. And then you just grab a piece of blood and, and carefully, not to hurt her, grab her and put her out. Mm-hmm. It's like it's going um, be, beyond our fear into the understanding that all the life forms have a purpose. Mm-hmm. the uh, importance so my experience is like that my experience is I see animals and I see them as they give me they give me teachings like if I see a snake I get a reminder of working with my kundalini energy you know I have this constant conversation with nature that is not with words but they give me little reminders and also to pay attention. So, yeah, my, my experience here is it's wild. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that, you know, because you're, you're living in nature and you're, you know, as you're having conversations, you're, you know, receiving these messages, but you're open to those messages and open to receive those messages. And it sounds like it's just a beautiful flow of life and, with the energy around you. And I'd love to 
talk more about the work that you do and you know the your new book dragon rising and if and dream yoga and and how that fits into that and i'm wondering if you can share a little bit about that well when we talk about the work i do i work in both the planting and blossoming seeds in the soil so i'm constantly you know i have my plan for growing food, for growing medicine, uh, teaching. I work with children, teenager, women. You know, I make my year calendar and I keep that in the question because I feel it's important to, to nurture our physical bodies and pass on this information to our future generations. Then on the uh, spiritual, intellectual side of things, I'm also working on the inside you know, working on my personal journey. And as I do that, I'm also working with other people. About five years ago, I went to the mainland to visit my mother and there was a big storm. I wasn't able to get out from there for about five or six weeks. And she lives in the city. And I'm, I'm not a city person any longer. So I was just like talking the house but then something happened. I had a dream. And this dream I had, it was a snake that it was peeling her skin 12 times. And on the 13th time, she became a dragon. I've been doing dream yoga for over 20 years. So uh, dream yoga also has to do with lucid dreaming. And lucid dreaming, what you do is as you're dreaming, you are interacting as if you are two people. You are the one that is like in the movie of the dream perhaps, but you are also the observer. The consciousness that happens almost like outside of yourself, you see it's like you're two people. And, and on this consciousness, I was asking, I say, so what does that mean? And then the dream play on again. So then I was taught like every one of the schemes was a teaching, you know, of a life experience that we as humans will go through as we are transforming ourselves, you know, as we work on our past, eh, on past lives, on family karma, on karmic relationships, on our ego, on our mind, on our heart. So each skin was a layer. I was so inspired by the teachings I received and I thought this information is very valuable. So I started writing, Dragon Rising. I started writing, writing, writing. And it was like I was channeling this waterfall of information because I couldn't stop. I will wake up super early, go to bed late, barely stop to eat. Just grind, 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 grind. And this grinding, I did have some new information through my dream, but also it was like a synthesis of a lot of the teachings I had been receiving through the different schools and teachers I've been with. I was, uh, you know, I've been uh, a priestess on the Gnostic school. I, I've been into many different schools of uh spirituality. I've been always very curious about psychology, philosophy, esoteric teachings. So 
in this time of writing, as each topic was coming up, the exercises appropriate to that topic were showing up. So I wrote probably 90% of the book and then stopped. I, I couldn't write anymore. I couldn't finish it. I was like, okay, this is interesting. So what am I supposed to do with this? So time passed. And as the time was passing, which is about five years, I was like practicing my exercises and having new experiences. I come into deeper connection to grandmother ayahuasca and many of the parts of the book, that 10% that was missing, start showing up and completing itself. Finally, I get to the point where we had a few groups um, on retreats here. And some of the people was asking me for tools for integration. And coincidentally, on that time, I had almost finished the book. So I started using those tools with the people. And finding out that this was a, a, a useful elements that I was sharing. So I completed my book, created a course, and it's going to be available for people starting September. Wow, that sounds like quite an amazing journey. That took several years, really, from what it sounded like a few years. I think so often we think, oh, I'm just going to you know, start and end this book or project. And it's going to end in the next few months. But sometimes we really have to integrate our own spiritual journey before that, whatever it might be, book, course, project really comes to fruition and we can offer it to people as a service. So I think that's really good to hear for myself and also just for others that that are looking to offer something and, and either they feel stuck or it just hasn't come to completion yet, that sometimes it just takes time, just takes time. Yes, I feel it like the gestation period. And I also like, I do something that is called Terra Yoga, which is uh, another, another course that will come later but it's about learning from nature. So when you look at the radish, you know, you plant a seed of a radish in three days, it's ready, it, it's sprouted. In one month, you can eat the radish. In three months, you can harvest the seeds of a radish. If you plant a macadamia, it takes one year to sprout the seed. It takes 10 years before you can give, you can eat the fruit of the macadamia but it lives many, many years. And it has, you cannot compare the nutrition between a radish and a macadamia. So yes, we can write an ebook on a weekend workshop, but it's like, what is the substance and the depth on what we're doing if we don't give it its appropriate gestation period, which is different for every person. So yes. I love I that analogy. Thank you for that. That gives a very different perspective. I love the the natural world perspective that that you give. So tell us a little bit about self alchemy. You mentioned that also on your on your website. Um, what is self alchemy? Self alchemy has to do with understanding what are your your elements like. Alchemy is the art of transforming lower metals into gold. This is like from the medieval times, but it also has to do with 
esoteric teachings and transforming the lower metals uh, in self-alchemy has to do with understanding where do we have toxic behaviors? Where are we self-boycotting ourselves? Where are we acting not into our highest uh, good or highest potential? You know, that lower part that is the big thing that is like trapped into patterns and self-boycott. Those are the lower metals. So uh, in the alchemy, you put the lower metals in the, in the chrysal, in the container, and then you bring the fire. And then this combination with in contact with the fire, it makes this transformation. In ourselves and in our lives, the fire is the Kundalini energy. The sexual energy is the most powerful and beautiful energy we have. And if we know how to rise our energy, then we can transform many things. And this, of course, like you in your in your podcast, you often talk about breathing and meditation, and all of these are great tools for this, for the transformation, for in self alchemy you become responsible of doing that work. So you put uh, that fire to, like let's say on a particular situation uh, that you will act like by impulse. It's like your fire will burn just uh, your relationships or, or your experience. But if the fire, you are able to put it in the container with the consciousness, then you are able to bring the elements and to bring them up. So the whole goal for self-alchemy is to, to become your master, your own master, your masterpiece, that goal of the alchemist, that transformation that happens when you do the work. So that, that sounds like such a beautiful process. And I think that, you know, can be maybe overwhelming for some people to start to think about like what, what that might look like for them. I'm wondering if there might be some tools or things that you can suggest for people to begin that process of self-alchemy. The first is to visualize yourself as your higher self. You know, it's, it's like, like anything, you know, like if you're going to take a trip to Chicago and, and you're going to be driving and you never seen a map with the road, then you won't get there. So, but first you have to have the idea that you want to go to Chicago. So the first um, thing I will say is visualize yourself as that higher self. What, what would that be, feel like to become your best version, your masterpiece? How would you, if you're walking, how would your highest self will walk? You know, just apply that as many times as possible during the day, you know? And so, of course, this is going to take a stopping and not reacting in some moments. And so for this, one of the greatest tools you have is breathing. That's why I think it's wonderful the way your show starts, 
that's one of the most important tools we have, and it's already integrated <laughs> in our body, is the breathing. Because if I'm like, I'm walking, being my higher self, and all of a sudden, there comes a sacred trigger. I know my cousin is going to come and it's just going to say that thing that is going to push me out into like, oh, no, I, I did that again. <laughs> or I acted this way I didn't want it to. Well, I'm walking as my higher self. I'm looking at my cousin. I know what's coming. But hey, this time I'm my higher self. I'm my masterpiece. So he comes in. He says that thing. I feel that rush of anger that I know I don't like what he's telling me, but I am my higher self. I am my masterpiece. So I'm going to breathe. So this energy that he's bringing me, I call it the sacred trigger. It's super beautiful, important energy. Without that sacred trigger, I will know where I am. You know, he's bringing me that trigger. That trigger is turning on the fire. Okay, there is the fire. I have to work in myself out here. Okay, instead of like getting mad and letting it come to my head and then closing my mind into like, I'm upset, reacting with a voice or running away, I'm going to be like, okay, there is a fire coming, container ready, breathe. Emotions coming, open the heart and so now bring it into gold. Okay, now how do I'm going to act? My word will be medicine. My word will be coming from my higher self and things will be transformed. And the next thing you know, all he wanted was attention or he needed healing or he really didn't mean what you were all these years thinking that he was trying to say. Things, there's a shift and it will be a shift on the relationship because all of a sudden he's not gonna see you like for you, or like, or, or the person that always gets upset or the victim, all of a sudden he'll be like, oh, wow, wow. Like he will totally like see you as a different person. So yeah, one of the greatest tools is breathing, but also visualization. Like, That's beautiful. I love that your words are medicine, right? Because it's, I think it's so important to really pay attention to the words and the language we use and what we speak, because that can carry so much vibration for ourselves and for others. And so you talk about biodance. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what biodance is. Biodance has to do with the connection to nature. Once again, you know, um, we are in constant communication with everything. We are in constant communication with trees, with the earth, with the ocean, with the sunset. In my perspective, everything is dancing. Everything. Like if you plant a seed, then it comes one leaf and then the other leaf and then a branch and then the other branch and then it flowers and then, you know. It's truly making a dance, but it's making a dance in a slow motion, you know? Even like the animals, like the way they move. If you will just like fast forward and put some music, you will notice how everything is dancing. So, and the dance is the energy that is moving. So when you do a, a dance, consciously connecting, like let's say to your favorite tree, 
then you are first connecting, then observing, then mimicking. Like, let's say, you know, how the branches are going, you know, you can, uh, you're doing a, a connection of the energy in a way that is nourishing for both. I mean, because you put in the element of consciousness and the movement, you will feel it, you know, try to do that. Um, I always loved dancing since I was a teenager, but it, I was more like a, most of the girls in my in, in the place where I live, in the area where I live, you only dance when you go to a party and then when somebody asks you to dance. And I was like, oh, I really want more dance. So I started doing, going into dance contests and things like that. But it wasn't fulfilling, not 100%, because it was always like people is watching and how do I look? Once I start dancing for nature, wow, a whole nother world opened up, you know? All of a sudden I was dancing with the ocean and then doing, I start doing it like, a, like an offering, mm -hmm. you know? and I'm offering to the ocean and then I'm visualizing how her waves go and then I'm watching that, how it moves in my body. Is biodance is revitalizing. It's very good. And I feel like with my plants and with the garden, the garden really likes the music and the and the appreciation. I notice how nature responds. That sounds like the embodying of the different elements of nature is is really a sacred ceremony and that we can call in the qualities of those elements of nature with our movement. I think that's one of the things I also enjoy with my yoga practice, my personal practice. And then as a teacher of yoga is that, you know, I say, what, what is it that you want to feel? Is it expansive? Then open up like wide feet, wide arms out, you know? And I think when we can feel that physically, you know, it just rises the vibration within us. And so I love how you interact with the ocean and with the plants and everything. And I think we, we can take in physically their energy of what we want to feel, what we want to embody. And it's very freeing. I think it kind of has like an unhibitedness that I will have to admit most Americans, many Americans aren't used to. We tend to keep, you know, very stiff and very centered, but it's it's a very freeing experience to not feel like you have to dance a certain way or a certain style or anything like that. It just comes very organically. Yes. <laughs> Um, so tell me a little bit more. I'm not familiar with this word. Um, tense, tense segrity. Am I saying that correctly? What is that? I'm so curious. Tensegrity. Well, it's from the teachings of Carlos Castaneda. Oh. I heard about that. Carlos Castaneda was apprentice, uh, apprentice of a chaman from Sonora, Mexico. Amazing books he wrote. Uh, but one of the practices uh, that he teaches about, that he was teaching about through his, all his books, is tensegrity. And tensegrity uh, is a set of exercises for the apprentices 
of, of the, those particular uh, shamanic teachings. Uh, this is something I, I learned many years ago and I adapted some of the easier sort of um, exercises of tensegrity into the dragon rising for people to get a taste of it. Because I feel that, you know, one of the things I find in common with most people is we all want to be happy. We all want to have vitality. We all want to have longevity. So Dragon Rising, it's podcast, a program that is about that. So all the elements are designed to give you more vitality. Whether you're talking about biodance, and in this case, talking about density, it's this form of connecting with the energy and bringing it into your body to be able to, to then transform yourself, heal parts of yourself. Like one of the exercises with density, it's also like similar to biodance, but biodance is movement. Tensegrity is more like you come into, it's almost like a form of Tai Chi, you know, like, like a martial arts. But instead of just simply moving slowly, you, in the moment that you start the position, you start tensing your whole body as if you're pulling energy into your body. And the whole exercise that you will do you will do it with this energy, like holding into your body and then releasing. You feel invigorated after doing tensegrity and you can use it, uh, this form of energy to unblock your chakras or bring healing energy to a part of your body, to bring more energy also to a particular subject of your life that you want to manifest. It has many applications. Oh, that sounds really powerful. Thank you for, for sharing that. And it sounds like just between all of these different tools that you teach about can really help someone move their energy and help heal um, as they're going through their own healing process. And, and connecting with nature. And so I'm wondering, I just want to go back into the dream yoga and talk a little bit more about that. It's a really fascinating subject, um, I think. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about that and how someone might be able to tap into the power of dream yoga. Yeah, it's a fascinating subject. Just to give you a, a quick background on that, I actually stumbled upon dream yoga uh, because I was going through a time of nightmares. And it was very hard for me. I had an emotional trauma that I could not heal. I was young. I was in my 20s. And, and it would chase me. My trauma would chase me towards my, my dream world. And it was like painful. Like I didn't really want to go to sleep. And then I sleep, I have a nightmare. I wake up in the morning. I'm thinking about the nightmare. And it was not very happy. So after a while, I decided that I had to do something about this. I had to understand what was chasing me. 
because, you know, like it was annoying. It wasn't necessarily my dream wasn't exactly what happened in real life, but everything chases me, you know, dogs or whatever. Somebody wanted to kill me or like, and I was like, what is this about? So then I start first learning the Sigmund Freud. I start like studying psychoanalysis. Then I, I encountered Carlos Castaneda with shamanic teachings. Then I went into the, the Tibetan Buddhism, Yoga Nidra. And I realized that what they all had in common, certain elements, and they, they all could help me, you know, to try to understand what was happening inside my mind. Of course, I could just go to a therapist, but, you know, <laughs> instead of that, I went into a library and, and I started, like, studying on my own. So what I did is I started, like, inside my dreams, I start questioning. I start sometimes just changing the dreams. I start uh, not following that movie that I didn't want it to. So through my personal work, I realized, you know, there was some healing that needed to be done. And anyhow, I gathered many, many tools. Now, if I go to sleep and I have a nightmare, I'm actually, I approach it so different right now, you know, like I, I have a nightmare, which it doesn't really happen in many, many years, but also it's because I have a different perspective of what a nightmare is, you know, like I can, I can have a nightmare, like maybe I'm chasing, I'm being chased by a dog, just to put an example, which in those days, it looked like a nightmare and I was worried all day. Now, if this is happening in my dream, I'm observing how I'm feeling, what else is on the picture. I'm able to, inside my dream yoga practice, my lucid dreaming, I'm able to ask a question. And if I don't understand, I change the dream. You know, I say, no, change. And then I, I get the same teaching, but in a different format. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. So, so you're able to change your dreams by maybe, do you have a conversation with yourself before you go to bed or do you change that, uh, the picture of the dream and what that represents for you or how are you changing that? You know, well, it's a process, uh, uh on working on dream yoga, first you have to start, uh, writing down your dreams, remembering them is the number one. The second is understanding your, your subconscious messages because the dreams are a mix of memories, desires, fears. I mean, there is so much to it in that package that you have to, after you remember, you, you have to break it down into pieces or just go for the highlights, you know? So once you learn your subconscious uh, language, then, you become these two people inside your dream. The, the movie, the one that is in the movie and the one that is observing the movie. But to do truly this kind of dream yoga, you also have to start gaining awareness on your daytime. Because if during the day, we are like non-conscious and we just go on and then, you know, uh, drink and smoke and get mad and, you know, just not having much awareness, 
then we don't really have very many chances of being aware inside our dream. So the more aware that we become during the day, the more aware we can become doing our dreams. And so when you have that element of awareness, that is the element of awareness that is going to change the dream and say, and ask questions and say, oh, okay, this movie is like I was asking about the, the, the dream of the snakes that they were changing skin, you know? And the moment when I was watching inside my dream, I was an observer. Like I wasn't part of the skin, the skin or the or snake or no, I was just watching. But in my watching inside my dream, I wasn't understanding. So I had a choice right there to say, show me in a different way. And it would like change that dream into a new dream. But instead of that, I asked, tell me what it means. And then is when it starts showing me like the different teachings. So there is techniques that inside the dream, you can uh, realize that you're sleeping. Like one of them is like pulling your finger. If during the day you pull your finger many times, this act will go into your subconscious mind. And then when you are inside the dream, you pull your finger and your finger will be like long. It will be like elastic. And then you realize you're dreaming. So in that moment, you can decide to fly, to ask a question, because that's the key into having lucid dreaming is realizing you are inside the dream. Oh, that sounds absolutely fascinating. I really need to start remembering my dreams. That's my first step, at least. <laughs> and it also sounds very familiar to like a self-awareness meditation practice mixed in. I know I try in my meditation practice to be that witness or the observer of my thoughts. It's like that movie on the screen to, to allow me to realize that I am not all those chattery thoughts that float through my brain, that I can, I watch those thoughts like from the outside in and, and look at them from a different perspective. And it sounds like that's part of the process of this uh, dream yoga with lucid dreaming. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I'd also love for you to share about your book. You mentioned it before, Dragon Rising, and the other and other projects that you're currently working on. I mean, I have a few projects, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna mention primarily Dragon Rising podcast. I'm really excited about that because it is the course um, that talks about the bio dance and tensegrity and dream yoga. But also, like, I love it because I share some of my poetry there, and I share recipes and a little bit of gardening tips. So, yes, I'm very excited about that. And then uh, later on, you will be able to also get Terra Yoga, which is conscious gardening. That's another interesting one. And then my third project is a Kitchen Alchemist Tarot Deck. But once you get into my Dragon Rising podcast, you'll be able to get more information about other products and projects I have. And of course, with with you, I can be sharing when the other projects are happening. But for now, let's talk about, you know, people signing in for, for the Dragon Rising podcast. And yeah, we'll add all of those to our show notes, all those links so people can easily find you. 
Thank you so much for being here with us today, Kitsi, and having this beautiful conversation. It's been just absolutely beautiful. And thank you so much for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love, conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.